How you doing, buddy? Well, I'm just fantastic. I'm drier than I was earlier on the golf course when we played and got soaked up in Newmarket. Man, I felt there's nothing worse also than thinking you're going out in the great weather, getting snaps from everyone that's supposedly in the same city as you with great weather, and you're just standing there. Yeah, we drove, we drove 45 minutes north of Toronto today to play golf, and it's like we were in a different country. I might not go back to Newmarket just because that was my one experience there, and I'm convinced it just rains. The six gods were not kind to the Newmarket area today. So, yeah, Newmarket. Yeah, Bad I don't place. just want to do Newmarket dirty because I love Cam. You know, I like his hometown, hometown of Connor McDavid, who we're going to talk about here shortly. But uh, Newmarket was a little wet today. Newmarket was not kind to us today. But we had fun. I mean, the round ended with you driving up 18 shirtless because it was that wet. And I got in the car in my underwear in the parking lot, just me stripping down because we were What other choice do we have? Yeah, yeah. And it was a long drive home, long, wet drive home. Speaking of my shirtless 18th hole, who do you think looks better shirtless? Do you think me or... (laughs) You know the picture, the famous picture of uh, beloved Canadian icon Ron McLean standing on a bar somewhere in Victoria, BC, dancing Ooh. with his shirt off, waving it like a cowboy. Who do you think's got the nicer barrel, buddy? I, you know, you've got a heck of a bod, but I don't know if Ron puts in work for an older guy. I might have to give the edge to Ronnie. Yeah, Ron. Ron is looking good for his age. He's getting up there, but barely looking a day over thirty with that. Anyways, thank you to everybody listening to us again. We really appreciate it. If you could subscribe, follow us now that we're on Apple, we're really excited about that. So give us your reviews, do everything you can to let us know what you think of Puckline. And we hope you're excited for this episode because we got a lot to talk about. Mm-hmm. Benny, we ever. Dive in? Well, first, I'd like to welcome back NHL hockey. I think it's just awesome that we finally have hockey to watch. Oh, it's and, the best. It's the best. And I will, I will say, that, you know, one thing that I was afraid might happen, um, which kind of came true, but, uh, you know, part and parcel of the circumstances being out of town and all, but sports were gone for so long. So long. And then, and then when they came back, it was almost like they weren't, it wasn't even real. Like, I just didn't even think I could go and watch them. Like I didn't make the effort to go watch them. I didn't stake out time in my day to go watch them Saturday. But mind you, as I said, my circumstance was yeah. I was kind of I was away. I was at a cottage, but it like it truly didn't really feel like they were going on, right? Like it, it wasn't. I wasn't even checking my phone all day on the school. Like the scores no, were top of mind. My whole routine has changed. Like everything I would do is totally totally different. I had a little bit of a warm up. I felt like with golf coming back, but now with hockey, it's like what we woke up yesterday and there was a game on at noon. Like I was just rolling out of bed, man. I will say though, yesterday I just fell right back into it. Like it was no just back in love so with got, the game. Yeah. Well, exactly. I mean, I, you know, I went through all my highlights. So I caught up on those, but I just planted myself down on the couch and just relaxed and flipped the channels between the, the, the hockey games of the day. And so that yeah. was great. And it's crazy to me because it's like right now we got six games on, but I kind of look at the round robin games as a little lesser just because they're not playing for like their life. 
Yeah. But soon we're going to have a regular start of the playoffs where we got our top eight teams in each conference and every game's going to be of the utmost importance. And that's going to be a lot. Going to be a lot. I haven't even processed. Of. Speaking of that, I haven't even processed that this isn't even technically the playoffs starting. No. This no, is, this is the play in. Right. So there's a lot more to go. I guess what was the, you know, what jumped out at you then among this, this frenzy of hockey we had in the first few days here? What, so what do you like? You know what I think is most noteworthy to me with all the hockey going on, the most noteworthy thing to me is what the NHL and some of the players are trying to do with the Black Lives Matter movement. I want to give a shout out to Matt Dumba and the Hockey Diversity Alliance Committee that is going and trying to make a statement in the NHL and the world of hockey. Yeah, respect to Matt Dumba for, you know, obviously the the talent he brings on the ice, but also just the character of the guy. So for those who don't know, Matt Dumba is a defenseman for the Minnesota Wild. And uh, Matt Dumba also, you know, he's um, he's been uh, a guy who's actually, even before his involvement, his, uh, his creation of the Hockey Diversity Alliance, which we'll, you just mentioned, yeah. He was a guy who was already really starting to use Instagram and, and YouTube and create a lot of good content. I'd actually oh, yeah. He's a trendy, he's a cool a guy. Back. He was a trendy guy and he was really trying to market himself and, and do, you know, generally things that everyone in the NHL should be doing to help grow, you know, the game of hockey and, and build interest. But so, so, you know, with that in mind, no better person to head up the, the Hockey Diversity Alliance. Um, but I will say, uh, so, you know, seeing what I saw was great and all. I was a little bit surprised at, you know, how little kneeling I saw. Uh, maybe we, we want to get into that, too. I mean, obviously, Matt Dumba did it. Um, and, and I saw in the Bruins game that the whole Bruins team linked arms. But I got to say, like, for a, team, for a sport that's very, uh, you know. White. For the, that's very white, that's had some serious issues with, um, you know, with race in the past and with, uh, you know, maybe, you know, being a little more on the privileged side of the spectrum of sports because obviously it, it's a very expensive sport to play. I was a bit surprised to see, you know, the lack of, um, the lack of other players kneeling right now. I, right. I saw a couple more today, like Sagan and uh, Dickinson came to center ice. Along uh, with Reeves and uh, Robin Leonard. Along with Reeves and Robin Leonard, their opponents over on the, the Vegas Golden Knights. But I mean, what I'm, what's going through my mind is like, you know, for a team that is so anchored in teamwork and camaraderie and, and everything, like, I just kind of wonder what the conversations are like in the locker room around this issue. I mean, I, I don't exactly know, you know, why the decision is being made for everyone not to kneel, but I kind of wonder if maybe they've delegated it to certain people and they're just all a bit shy maybe about saying that. People were asking the Minnesota Wild coach, were the team considering joining Matt Dumba and either raising a fist or kneeling along with them. And they said, we didn't have a conversation about that. The one thing we've agreed on is that we all want to eradicate racism. So I think in the end, as long as everybody has the same goal and we're making steps towards that, I think that's a good, good sign at the, the minimum. Right. Okay. So that, that's, I hadn't heard that, but that does give us, I guess, a bit of insight into, you know, what the team is thinking and, and at least that they're having conversations about this behind the scenes, hopefully, which are just as important. And, and if the decision was made for Matt to do it on his own, then, then uh, great. And, and, you know, you obviously have to support the cause and the message. I think it's, it's, you know, a worthy one. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. What do you think of the hockey you've seen so far? What are some of your takeaways and uh, 
big things for us to talk about right now? Well, um, you know, the, the first, so I will say the first game I really got a good look at actually wasn't even one of the elimination games. It was one of those round robin games and it was Philly Boston. And yeah. so again, not really sure how much stock to put into those because those are just a set up seating, but I Philly surprised me. They looked really good. You Philly know, lots of, yeah, sneaky. Like what I like is there's just contribution kind of from everywhere. So even though they're the guys who got hot or, you know, the big guys rather weren't actually that hot, you know, the Giroux and uh, Boracek's to name a few, um, you know, even though I, I didn't see those guys throw up massive numbers or anything, um, you know, it, it's just great to see contribution from like a Nate Thompson, for example. You know, I've got just a little bit of Flyers loyalty in me because my sixth grade teacher is Scott Lawton's mom. Oh, interesting. And Scott Lawton, so I, and from what I've heard about people, he's a big, like, big dressing room guy. Like, all the boys love him. Um, and then him wow. and Kevin Hayes, they're big jokesters. And I just got to think, like, those personalities kind of keep that team light and maybe make it, like, a fun room to, to be in, and then that translates to the ice. So I don't know. That could well, be something about that team that, that might carry them further than the talent that, you know, it looks like they have on paper, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean, well, I never really had the opportunity to be in locker rooms and, you know, having only played the game, you know, up to a, a certain age, a young age. And so you could probably speak to that more than I could. Like, that, that's got to be important nowadays, right? I think so. I think if you're excited to be at the rink and you're laughing and it's a, a light atmosphere and there's more camaraderie, more chemistry, like, I think that's always going to be good. And from what it seems like, like, those flyers have a lot of it. Absolutely. So definitely the Flyers are a team I like already. What about you? What was the, um, you know, what, what jumped out at you from the early action? So for me, one of the things, like, there was just so many surprises. Like, right off the bat, the first game at noon on Saturday, I talked about it last podcast. I thought Igor Sashurkin was going to be the goalie for the Rangers. Instead, you got Hank, Henrik Lundqvist, the king, in net. What, he's 37 now. The Rangers' other goalie got hurt, and now all of a sudden you've got the vet in net, you know, for a chance to lead the Rangers to the promised land. Uh, he doesn't quite get it done. The Rangers are down 2-0. But again, then the Predators, I say it's going to be Pecorine in net. They go to UC Saros. For the Minnesota Wild, I think it's going to be Devin Dubnik in net. It's Alex Stalock. So maybe it turns out I just don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> And there's definitely a chance of that. But that really struck, uh, surprised me is just some of the goaltending decisions. Even in Pittsburgh, I thought it was going to be uh, Jari instead of Matt Murray. I mean, Pittsburgh well, you read, tied that series up. He played great. But just surprised. You read my mind there. Yeah, goaltending overall is going to be interesting to watch. As we said, so many teams now are having to make hard decisions about who to start and how to really – perfect the sharing the net system you know not leaning as much on one guy to start and one guy to relieve and really you know balancing the workload of two very good goalies and maybe you know having a kind of de facto number one who gets the you know gets the nod more often than the other I mean we were obviously very high on New York do you think goaltending was the only issue no so from what I've seen Carolina there, I said this. I said Carolina's depth is better than New York's depth, but Carolina's top six isn't as good as New York's top six. And so far, that hasn't came true because that line of Aho, Sveshnikov, Teravainen, 
have been the best players on the ice. Svechnikov today got the first hat trick in Carolina Hurricanes postseason history. They look like studs. And we said that we were giving the edge to New York's top six, and that's not coming true. So it doesn't really surprise me that Carolina's up 2-0, and that's probably the series I wish I could take back and pick because Carolina looks dangerous. So, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll be curious to see if New York can get something going because it looked like they had a lot of chances. And I, I haven't fully, you know, thrown in the towel on this Rags team. Um, so, anyway, I, I think, you know, obviously, well, to say next game is a must win is uh, – <laughs> Understatement. I mean, they're down 2-0 they're down in a best-of-five uh, series. So, it's well, uh, tomorrow at 8 o'clock. Or when people are listening to this today, that'll be Tuesday at 8 o'clock. They're going to be playing game three just like that. Wow. So we won't have to go too long before finding out. Another thing that kind of stood out to me, surprises, I guess, is uh, just players that, you know, obviously you've got the McDavid's, you've got the Patrick Kane's, you've got the great players that had success. But what about lesser known players that had success? Dominic Kubalik, who we talked about, in our Western Conference preview, but he goes out, has five points. Chicago wins 6-4. What do you think of that performance? Man, all I can say is that's a game I really wish I caught. Uh, so, you know, again, I was up at the cottage this weekend and had a great time there, obviously. Shout out power from us up at the cottage. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that I, was such a high-scoring game. I, I remember seeing the score early and just kind of being floored. But yeah. um, when I, I think the surprising part was that it was this Kubalik kid who was putting up all the points. He was right again. He was nasty too. He was so good on a team with so many options, kind of ahead of him. You know, with all due respect to Kubalik, I mean Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, guys who, as we've said, have won three Stanley Cups and are playing with house money right now. Yeah. First off, they must be having a blast being up. You know. One nothing in this series. We'll see what happens tonight, mind you. But yeah, Edmonton's uh, up already... two one after one right now. So Whoa. by the time people listen to this, it could be a tied series, or Chicago These could guys... uh, could be up. What a battle! Then these guys must just be having a blast, getting to go out, have like highly offensive games, just high production. You know, crazy intensity, uh, back and forth, lots of action. Like this must just be a dream then for teams. You know, with players like that who oh, just yeah. love to score. Yeah. So that'll be great. Um, but Kubalik has definitely put guys on notice. I mean, because, you know, he was not the guy who I thought. I mean, I, we, we talked about him briefly, I think, in the preview, but he was not the guy I thought we'd put up numbers. So no, great to he, see Kubalik with, what, two goals and three assists in that first game for five And he did points. it in just 14 minutes of time on ice. Wow. Um, and then again, like some of the, the predictions, like I – just, I was thrilled for Kevin Fiala in the Minnesota Wild after some of my predictions weren't going too well. I was excited to see him play a great game and score a goal three minutes in. And, you know, some of the stuff I'm saying and that we're talking about, it's cool to see it come to life on the ice. Yeah. And, I, yeah. I'm, man, that, uh, that Fiala goal kind of put me on notice too that this guy has arrived and this he probably. Can play. He, he can play. He's coming into his own. I think this is uh, – would it be too much of a stretch to predict that he's going to be, you know, a 
he's going to be given the nod for an all-star game probably in the next year or two. Oh, next year. Like, if, like he's the wild any best injuries, player. I, he is, he's the wild guy now. And they've found, you know, they've found the man that they're probably going to build around. I mean, as we said, an aging roster. So it'll be, uh, you know, and, and a team also without a direction, without, you know, much of an identity for a long time, right? We always just kind of talk about, well, maybe they are, they had an identity, I guess, but it was just, it was an identity so tied up into Parise and to uh, Suter um, and just to, to Suter who they signed to those long deals. So it'll be good to see the the team kind of move to a new, into a new era and, uh, and see them build around him and, and give some excitement to those fans. Cause Minnesota is a crazy hockey state, right? College oh, hockey is like the, the rage of it's the state of it's literally the state of hockey, right? Not even college hockey. Yeah, they've got high that sick hockey. high school tournament. Like they've got thousands of fans there to watch high school hockey. Like they love it. Oh, they love it. So it's it's great to see that they're their only professional team who has not really been relevant for a long time is kind of starting to turn a corner. Even yeah. if they don't go deep in this playoffs. Yeah. Crosby moved to Minnesota for high school to play prep Jack hockey. St. There. Mary's. So, you know, Minnesota we does mess around with their hockey. Um, okay, so we've talked a little bit about, like, you know, dreams coming true for some of these new guys, Kubalik, Fiala. What about dreams not coming true, the Toronto Maple Leafs? Yeah, that's just, well, would you like to talk about them? I mean, they're your team. I, I can, you know, I'll pour one out, but I think you deserve to go on this. So I talked to a lot of people. I was like, when I talk about the Leafs on this episode, what do you want me to say? And people were just like, what do they want you to say? Where's the jam? There's no jam. You know, there's no feistiness. Nobody showed up to work hard. What Austin and Freddie played well for the Leafs last game. Um, Taveras and Mitch were hardly out there, you know, hardly noticeable. And it almost makes you wonder. I saw a little bit of Nazem Kadri play for the Avalanche. I was like, the Leafs could have used that guy. Yeah. Against Columbus. So tomorrow at four o'clock, they're going to have, it's a must win almost. You know, it's unfortunate. I mean, it really is a ref, like where they are is a reflection of very clear intentional decision making for a team that had and still does have a lot of talent. But you know, the, they're just I, – I, I couldn't help but think about Kadri, too. They could use a guy like that. And, unfortunately, the roster is just – you know, it's not, a, it's not accommodating of, of a guy like that right now. Toronto has their whipping boys in Nylander for that contract. And I think now in Mitch, too, for what he got paid. Austin, I think, is immune to it because he's proven he can – I mean, I always still remember that. I mean, who doesn't remember that? Yeah, what a debut! Put up on his first night. That debut poor was poor. Sense. Yeah, well, we came out with the win that night. No one remember, seems to remember that. But uh, oh, I, I didn't mean, even. Rem- yeah, you're right. What's it to you? We only went to the conference final and then keep the change that year. Anyways, <laughs> not sour about it, but it is what it is. I thought but, it was uh, a great quote from Dubis. He said, "The talent of this team is in question. It's their maturity and their competitiveness that is." I'll be curious tomorrow or today, depending on when people are listening, what these Leafs will do. And I mean, they didn't get any shots on net their last six minutes of the game. So not going to win on that. They went through a coach this season too. They've gone through a lot of, they've said, you know, 
goodbye to a lot of guys that they'd have loved to keep probably and, and you know, develop, uh, you know, in order to kind of keep this core on the top two lines together. Uh, it's just, uh, you know, it's just kind of a story of hard choices, and so it is hard to watch them lose. I feel for you, buddy. Oh, welcome to the – Not really, yeah. So I think it would be remiss of us if we didn't talk about Mark Shifley and the Winnipeg Jets, Jets and Matthew Kachuk. Yeah, I uh, had a feeling we'd be discussing this one. Um, I mean, tell everyone what you told me. Matt Kachuk rode him out into the boards and Shifley tried to escape it. And he went down in just such an awkward way. A lot of people were hypothesizing that it was an Achilles cut, that Kachuk's skate blade came up. And then a lot of people were saying, no, the way he reacted at first was that he jammed his knee and something happened there. But either way, because of the reputation of Matthew Kachuk, a lot of people were crying foul and saying that that was an intentional play. And we talked about it a little bit. A lot of people didn't seem to think there was anything wrong with it, but the person who did was the Jets coach who accused Kachuk almost of trying to ruin and end Shifley's career by going in with his skate blades up and trying to cut his Achilles. We still don't know what the exact injury is, but after we talked about it, we both agreed that you know, maybe that was just a tactic for Maurice to go out and say that Kachuk did it on purpose, but guys just aren't flying around out there at the speed the game moves and making decisions like that, trying to end people's careers. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think uh, no matter what happened, as soon as Matt Kachuk was involved, you know, the, I think they were singled out more than the, the events on the ice that transpired. And, and I, I think you, you just kind of need to watch the clip to know. Well, you know what? Here's the thing. I mean, I wouldn't call myself a hockey expert, despite the fact that I now host a hockey podcast. <laughs> but, you know, I, like just – and I say that because I, I haven't played many years. Um, you know, I, I you know consider myself a fan of the game. But what I can look like anything malicious. It didn't look like anything even intentional. And no. so if you don't have malice and, and if you don't have intent, I think it's really hard to say that a guy was trying to end another guy's career. Yeah, that's not going to hold um, up at the court of law. And nor will it hold up in the more important court, the court of public opinion. So, you know, I, I, it's unfortunate. I mean, this a Jets team that has already been beat up so badly and has faced a ton of adversity and, you know, injuries all season. So the good thing to see was that they were actually able to turn around and go. So it's, it's, you know, I got to take tip my hats again to the jets because they, uh, they've just proven time and again that you can't count them out and that they're, they're dogs and they're going to fight right to the end. They're not going to let, you know, an injury to, you know, two of their great players, Line, we didn't even yeah. mention the line. I got injured too. So two injuries to two of their star players is you know going to take them out of this thing. Well Pretty done, gutsy Jets. win today, and it might buy them some time for who knows Shifley or Line A to come back. Neither have been ruled out long term. They were obviously didn't play today. So hopefully they well, can all anything, come back. Anything can happen too if Bucks are getting stopped. And so Hellebuck's looked. I mean, he's looked pretty solid so far. We'll see if that can hold up. 
Wow, we're missing another barn burner out west. Edmonton and uh, Chicago, it's 3-2 Edmonton with 15 minutes left in the second. My God. I'm going to be up past game. my bedtime to watch the end, but uh, I, I rolled with Edmonton. I just felt like this series was going to get tied up 1-1, just like the Pittsburgh-Montreal series. And, you know, talking about a, a series like that, a barn burner with just back and forth nonstop offense, It'll it be fitting for us to talk quickly about a series with, you know, a lot less of that. One that's a lot more uh, defensively oriented. You know, you picked the Preds. I had the Desert Dogs. Um, Arizona takes their first game. How do you feel about them? You know, like I said, off the bat, I was surprised with Nashville not going with Pecorine and Net. And then Arizona got the craziest first goal. I'm not sure if you've had the chance to check it out, but it like hit a guy at the hash marks, like the far hash marks shoulder and ended up in the top corner of the net. And Arizona raced out to a three, nothing lead. And then the game ended four, three. So I think Nashville is going to end up taking some of that momentum they built at the end of the game. And just like I felt about Pittsburgh and Montreal, and just like I feel about Chicago Edmonton, I think this series will be one one after their game tomorrow. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm happy that Arizona came out with the win. I thought they played a solid game from the, uh, you know, from from what I got to see. You know, they look uh, they look like they're in good shape again, getting a lot of contribution from down the roster, which is what a team like that needs. But, yeah, I'm not ready to write Nashville out either. Uh, this is going to be a very good series, I think. Um, you know, Arizona gets a game that maybe they shouldn't get. Uh, yep. Nashville, you know, now has to live with the fact that they played their hearts out and got a bad bounce. That Do you think Nashville cha- – they're going to have to put Renee in next time, though, right? You know, it's a great question. I'm not sure what they'll do because I was surprised they got to this point and then – I don't believe they pulled them after they went down 3-0. So, Which is crazy. Right, and then he played a good game after, after on, after you know, the damage was done. So I'm not sure why they would, they would change it. They didn't feel a need to make a change when they were down 3-0. Um, any of your picks so far that you've made that you would like a, a do-over on, or is it just that Rangers-Carolina series where obviously – being down 2-0 doesn't feel good. I mean, I agreed with you on the pick, but any others you wish you had back? Uh, you know what? I mean, at this rate, uh, I'm not I'm not even ready to, to take back the Edmonton one. Um, okay. You know, I, I did, did I say Edmonton would sweep? I can't remember. Maybe if I said so, then, then I would. Uh, but, you know, I, I still don't think – I still think Edmonton can pull this one out. I think it's just going to, you know, come down to who, who puts more nets in the more, more pucks in the net. Right. As we said, it's just going to be so highly offensive. You know, I think it'll just continue to be fun to watch and, and both teams will go back and forth pretty well. But oh, yeah. There's I always that one series that just has so many goals. Like, do you remember Pittsburgh Philly a couple of years ago and the games were like eight, seven, yeah, it was. It's just madness, banana lands. But, but it's the I most mean, fun. It is the most fun. Like it's like, the one you just can't say, take your eyes off of. And and that's the thing. So uh, at the end of the day, I think you know you can make a lot of judgments from a lot of these series 
uh, based off the first game. But just the way things are right now, and it being the COVID Cup, you no one, <laughs> nothing is over. It ain't over till it's over. No. So no. Like, do you even think the Rangers take, are totally done, or do you have, still have some confidence? Um, I'm a, I'm a lot more worried about the Rangers, obviously now being down 2-0. But I, again, I don't think they're playing bad hockey. I think maybe it's just a team that has a longer incubation period than we thought. Maybe they're just not quite ready yet. Maybe they so maybe they do go down in three, but I mean maybe also Panarin and Zabinajad just need a bit of time to you know really get their uh, get their stride. I feel like those two also like just the way they play. I mean, just warming up with practice is not necessarily like practice only goes so far for guys like that who who are so um, you know whose who style of play adjusts so much within the game, right? Like the the thing they can do a myriad of things on ice that so like. Yeah. You, they really need uh, to be logging, you know, time in a competitive environment to to warm themselves up and and to, to maintain that. So I'm not ready to write them out yet. Okay, I like the positivity. Now, Shelly. Yes. You is. Are you ready to give up on the Leafs? No, no. I mean, I'm pretty confident. I think that they're going to score goals. And I liked what I saw from Freddie Corpus played great for Columbus. Again, not the goalie. I thought, I thought Torts was going to go with Merzlikens, but he goes with the, the older goaltender. So I think the Leafs are going to win at four o'clock on, on Tuesday. So I'll be excited wow. to watch that. It kind of creeps into my work day a little, so don't love the start time there, but you know, I'll well, be ready. I got some bad news for you, buddy. If I were to take back one series pick, I think it would be that one. That's the one. I'm, yeah. I mean, I told you earlier, I, I did feel bad for you. I felt a rare bit of pity for the Leafs as a as a uh, an Ottawa native, as an Ottawa man's. But yeah. uh, this Ottawa man's, I think, is ready to, to <laughs> divest his Toronto holdings. Okay. I definitely don't uh, blame you. This Columbus team just looks like they can wear them and they can frustrate them exactly like we predicted. Like that, they, they, you know, just the fact that we saw the game go the way we did, I think, was scary to all. It should be scary to a lot of Leafs fans. I think because, Columbus uh, took one penalty. Like they're just a disciplined team. The Leafs need their power plays to score goals because that's what they're good at. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Can I also admit something to you, Joey? Of course. You tell me anything even, you want, buddy. I still don't even know what happened. I know the Islanders came out with the win, but I, I don't I, I don't think I – yeah. Yeah, nobody's too worried about that. It was a nice, safe 2-1. Maybe there was an empty netter. Islanders waiting. Nice. Your boy Pajot scored the first goal. Did he? Yeah. Let's go, Peugeot, Peugeot, Peugeot. Hey, it's nice Let's somebody go. from uh, Ottawa could do well in the playoffs. <laughs> Dude, I think we've gone deeper than the Leafs have in you know, the last however many years, but okay, keep talking. Should have been a cup finals uh, for the Sens. Anyways, story for another day. Yeah. Uh, story for another day. Before we hop off, I want to make a little – you know, obviously the reason they're playing these games is for the business of hockey to put money in the owners and players' pockets. Something that's been kind of cool to me is that the boards, 
like in Toronto tonight, Pittsburgh played Montreal and Pittsburgh was the home team. So the advertisements on the boards were the exact same that you would see if Pittsburgh was actually playing in their arena. And then after the game, let's say, you know, the Leafs were playing after them, they peel off those stickers, the Pittsburgh advertisements on the boards and boom, the Leafs ones are up. And that way, all these companies that gave their money to the Pittsburgh Penguins and their organization to be advertised on the boards, they're still getting that commitment. So all the ads are very local. So you'll see different ads depending on who you're seeing play. And I thought that was something that was really cool. Yeah, I I noticed that too, actually, Shelly. I'm really glad you brought that up. You know, I think it's just, uh, you know, in the NHL, there's so much more – you know, every dollar counts, right? It, there's there's a lot of, obviously, it's a very successful league. So they're doing everything they possibly can to help the home clubs keep as many dollars as they can and, uh, you know, work with the sponsors to try to, uh, you know, minimize the financial um, exposure they have and the losses they, they are likely to incur. I was just wondering, what do you think the price is for a little advertisement, you know, on the boards? Mm, you know... It's hard to say. It really depends on the market. I mean, in Ottawa, I mean, you know, I'm sure Eugene's paying people to, to you know, put stuff up on the boards or, yeah, you know, he's, he's creating the demand on his own. Yeah. Backroom uh, stuff going he's on. Taking there. it right out of the Sens charity. Ouch. Mm, nope. Yeah. That's a, that's a source spot right now. Yeah. Story for another day. Story for another day. I will say though, I, you know, the, the other reason the NHL has been really hurt by what's going on is unlike other sports, because, you know, the, the game is, you know, it, it's harder to grow on TV. The gate is where they still make a lot of money. The gate being like the in-person you the know, attendance and, and ticket sales. Yeah. So, you know, hockey has a loyal, a very strong and loyal fan base. Playoff ticket sales hit different. Yeah. And uh, they hit they're going to be hitting they are going to be hitting far different and not in a good way this time around. Hmm. I will shout out though, back to the, the advertisements and the, the things along the boards, the Philadelphia flyers, actually, I'm pretty sure the flyers I saw on LinkedIn, someone who was working for the flyers organization, they posted something about how the flyers gave away free advertising or are going to be giving away free advertising to local businesses affected by the pandemic. So how it works is local businesses are going to apply and they're going to get their names in a hat. I don't really know what the parameters of that application are, but I'm sure they're just basically going to make their case as to why they're deserving of, uh, you know, help from the Philadelphia Flyers and and some free and very valuable TV space. Oh, that's great. I like that. What a deed, eh? Great guys over in Philly. Hmm, Maybe they'll get some good... Maybe the team will get some good puck luck from that. Yeah, hopefully. Well, and, you know, as we said, with the way that they looked against Boston the other day, they might not need much of it. But Oh, no, I think they'll be fine. Yeah, that's neither here nor there. Great move by the Philadelphia Flyers organization. So good to shout out. Nice. Um, I like it. Yeah. Well, you know, we'll, we'll talk more about uh, the business of hockey, uh, you know, as we go, I know that was something uh, we really wanted to work into the podcast to absolutely to teach people, uh, you know, kind of just help it, keep people in the loop of what's going on. Obviously, a lot changing in such turbulent times too in the uh, you know in the sports world, and a lot of 
a lot of leagues and facing a lot of financial difficulties. So could be some interesting topics there that come out and we yeah. will keep you up to date with all of those. All right. And I think that's going to be a wrap for today. It's almost midnight it's about to be Tuesday and that means it's about to be a work day. Mm, that would no. be for a working man's. I myself will be, uh, not well yeah. enjoy your last month as a non-working man thanks bro can't Same wait to advantage. get back into the work world knock on wood yeah yeah ah. it's just i mean hey <laughs> i'm not uh i'm not complaining now that sports are back it actually might be harder that sports are coming back right before i'm supposed to start work so it, it, it might be it uh might be a better work day for a lot of people because there's a hockey game on at noon on Tuesday. So yeah, and I can imagine it's gonna be a much worse work day for a lot of uh, HR people looking at the productivity stats or, <laughs> or the screen monitors checking people's screen time. Seriously, seriously. Hopefully they don't have those stats. Dropping off a cliff, I bet around right around noon when the games start, and then the NBA games around too. Yeah. Anyways, all right. I think this right. is good. And I can't I wait so until too. we talk later in the week and we've consumed even more NHL action. Couldn't agree more, buddy. All right. Hopefully the Leafs are going to be tied up. For your sake. Yeah. yeah I might get a pretty home. unhappy co-host back next time if they are. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. All right. All right. Benner, a Catch pleasure later, as always. Guys. Oh, thank you.